0: Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast.
1: In my mind, you just wake up and
0: go rake. The pitch clock ran out. And now Butera is storming out of the dugout. And he's in the face of home plate umpire Ron Gomez. Screaming. Frias draws the walk. Follow at Wake and Rake pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok i'm kind of a big deal here's danny and will you know what i'm doing right here mr middle Brooks. the, the robot you're, robo. you're doing the robot Doma got arigato mr roboto robots come to the minor leagues it's a big switch huh
1: yeah i mean it was an in indie ball It was in the was it atlantic league I where I mean, that's where they test out their new um, worlds, big bases. I talked to a guy here. I went out to... Uh, there's a there's a bar, like an outdoor bar called Tiki 52. It's just north of Jupiter, Florida. Went there with some friends, and one of the mutual friends that was there uh, is a manager of um, an indie ball team. I can't remember which team it was, but we were talking about Robo This is before... Obviously, this just happened today. This happened like two hours ago on the, uh, on the 12th. Um, and he was saying it got better and better and better, but there's also, it was still was imperfect. He was saying everyone, sometimes it doesn't adjust right. Cause it's, what's weird is, so they, I'm trying to think the best way to word this, the way they shape each player's strike zone. Number one, it has your height. It knows your height. That's all plugged into a database and it has your batting stance. So if you like squat way down, like it, it knows you do that, mm-hmm. but what if you change your batting stance? Yeah. So there was like, like, it's it, a lot of the, most of it is from the previous season. So if some guy has a, a drastic change in his batting stance, you're getting like chest high heaters called a strike. If you were like a, a Bellinger, like up, up to up, up high. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm going to get more of my legs this season. Well now chest high heaters are strikes because it, it hasn't adapted. So they're going to have to, if that gets to triple, it, well, it isn't A. If that ever gets to the big league level, they're going to have a better system in which they are correcting and, and moving these lines. And I don't think it's going to be like just a database based off of last year or last week. I think they be, will be able to change it per game. Almost like you step in the box and they're like, bang, bang, there it is. Bang, bang, there's the lines.
0: I would it'll think. Be, it'll be in the big leagues before 2024. I can almost guarantee. Before, not before. 2024? Not, not before, not before. For the 2024 season, I could book it,
1: right? Like some, uh, they have to be looking at some type of variation. Like you're still going to have an umpire back there. You're still going to have, there's still plays at the plate. There's still uh, balk calls. There's still things that uh, an umpire still needs to be back there for fair and foul, Um,
0: catchers interference.
1: But I've talked, we've talked about this in the past. Yeah, catchers interference. Everyone in the world that's watching the game knows if it's a ball or a strike because they see a strike zone on TV. Now, it's not always perfectly correct, but it's close. Um, so, everyone knows is it a ball or a strike except for the one guy that needs to know. Yeah. Right? So, I like the human aspect because if it's 11 nothing in the eighth, widen it. If there's a position player on the mound, make it a bigger zone. Like, I get it. Um, Robo-omps won't be able to do that. That's right. So games will be extended and longer because of that. But um, the, give him a buzzer. Like, give him a beeper. Like, something in his ear. Like, ball strike. He can call it. But then, like, obviously, game's out of hand. He's able to do whatever he wants to do because the human's still there. I don't know. There's got to be some type of variation where you can't you can't totally take away the human. But you can help the human be better closer to perfect
0: put this topic on pause for a minute because we have some other topics to discuss first i want to tease our audience yeah. a little bit by the way for those that are confused by our conversa- conversation already uh Buster only reported that 2023 this season robo umps are coming to the minor leagues so that's going to be implemented immediately times are a change in times have been a change in for a while now uh we had the new rules in major league baseball this year with the bigger bases, um, the pitch clock is going to be implemented as well. That We'll get into that as well. Let's talk about some moves around Major League Baseball before we get into the rules, though. This is the Wake and Rake podcast, powered by Swing Juice. Swing Juice is the official merchandise provider for the Wake and Rake podcast, episode 71. What is today? So Today's Thursday. Today's the 12th. Well, that's kind of shocking to me. That last week for me, I've been sick. No idea what day it is. No idea what time you it is. You still sound snotty. Yeah, I kind of have that little snotty little voice going still. But for some people, that works. Mm. Well. Some it's people me. that turns into voice of an angel. Not me. No comment. Not, Not me. You.
1: Not me either.
0: That doesn't apply to everybody, but I wish it did for me. The Carlos Correa situation is finally over. Uh, he's a Minnesota twin. It's a six-year, $200 million deal.
1: With the opportunity to be 10 years, right?
0: There are vesting options, and he could earn up to $270 million. Basically, what the twins did is they're saying, look, if your ankle really is a big deal, we're going to find out, but we're going to have some insurance on the back end for ourselves. I mean, but
1: the numbers are like, they, the last year of that contract, he's making like five mil. Yeah. It's like the last four years are like 20, 15, 10, 5. Like, they're like, dude, you have an expiration date.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Did you listen to the press conference? I did. His int- What was what really stuck out to me is what Scott Boris said and also what Correa said. Basically, they both said that during the Correa, everybody wants to know why did the Giants back out? Why did the Mets back out? And then the Twins all of a sudden swooped in. Basically, what Boris said is that the Twins used the doctor that already knew Korea for their physical. He knew of the injury before the physical ever started.
1: Right, so he wasn't surprised. He knew it was there.
0: The Giants and the Mets used the same doctors for their physicals. They had the same intel, the same information. Which, which is weird
1: because West Coast, East Coast, normally it's like completely different.
0: It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? But basically, they got the same intel. The Mets got the same intel that the, that the Giants got. And so they had the same concerns that the Giants had. The twins have had Carlos Correa in their building. He's been in their medical offices for the last year and a half. They know of his injury history. They know of every x-ray and MRI he's gotten. They know everything that he's projected or projected to, to do for the next 10 years. Their doctor said, look, we know about the ankle injury. It doesn't concern us as much. The, the injury happened eight years ago. Carlos Correa went on to say that he's never had to go on the injured list for that ankle before.
1: He said he hasn't even had treatment on it.
0: Never had treatment. So I don't know if this is going to come and It's going to come and and um, kick somebody in the ass at some point. Is it going to be the Giants and Mets or is it going to be the Twins? Somebody's going to come back in six years and they're going to say, damn, we should have signed Correa or the Twins will say Ooh, we made a massive mistake.
1: I think it's a win it's a win-win Carlos is still getting broke off he's not getting 350 mil but he's he's still getting 200 million dollars he has an opportunity to make up to close to 250 um
0: he was actually but- expected to make 35 million dollars next season before he opted out of his deal with the twins now he's going to make somewhere around 32 to 33 so it's, it's yeah. actually a little bit cheaper for this next season obviously a longer deal
1: I think this is a, this is. I think you should see more deals like this. The Pl- players' union and the players will never be cool with it just because it, it costs guys money. But for the team, this is a great deal because you secure a guy in his prime, and then those last, the, we'll call them the dog days, the dog years, uh, of when he's a, a thirty-seven to forty-one year old shortstop. You don't have to keep him. <laughs> But if he's still a good player, you keep him, and you get to keep him for way less money because he's not going to be as productive. There's no way a 37 year old shortstop is going to be as productive as a 30 year old shortstop, uh, th- the same player. So it's it's good, it's, it's great for the Twins. I'm happy for Carlos because he got he's he's still he's still set for life. His grandkids are still set for life. Two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I yeah, know. So it worked out. Obviously, he wanted more money. Obviously, Boris wanted more money. But whatever, it worked out.
0: Hypothetically, if he only ends up getting 200, that's worst case scenario. He did go from 350 million guaranteed with the Giants down to 315 guaranteed with the Mets. He now, did he
1: did agree to $865 million his offseason.
0: That's that's a lot. Somebody said that he agreed to a contract with 30, no, I'm sorry, 10% of Major League Baseball teams this
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Three out of the 30 teams. Moving on. Trevor Bauer was officially released, so he's free to sign with any team in Major League Baseball, and his suspension is uh, over and done with. We touched on that in the last episode. The Dodgers made a trade for a shortstop, Mickey Rojas, who has been their captain in Miami for the last five, six years. Good player. I like him. He's actually traded over to Miami, along with Dan Heron, to Miami in exchange for his Andrew Heaney- uh Kike Hernandez uh and Austin Barnes back in 2015 I want to say it was so I think that's right Rojas is going back to where it all began back to Southern California not expected to be necessarily their everyday starting shortstop but a utility player that can play Gavin
1: Lux is right
0: Gavin Lux is expected to play shortstop Chris Taylor potentially at second base Max Muncie over at third base and Freddie I was gonna
1: say Maggie could play some third base he can play all around. That, that's you don't what, know what you're gonna get from Max. He hit what? He hit under 200. I know nah, he got better I mean, at the, the like the last month, but for most yeah. of the year, he's hitting like 170.
0: He had a bad year last year, no doubt. Batting average wise, for sure. Yeah, he had 196, 21 taters. I, I
1: know he walks, and uh, and he got hot in September. <laughs> I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at the Dodgers. A lot of people that are puzzled by their off season. A lot of people saying they're saving their money for Shohei Otani. That's certainly an option. Uh, it goes that way. But you look side by side with them and their uh, well, one of their bigger rivals in the National League West, San Diego Padres. Well, they just added another weapon to their lineup with Nelson Cruz. 42-year-old Nelson Cruz agreed to a one-year, $1 million deal with the San Diego Padres. So the first six hitters in the projected lineup for the San Diego Padres this year, they were each all-stars at least once since 2021 so in the last two years the first six years were each all-stars
1: i i want to say something too about nelson cruz he doesn't have to get one hit while he's a padre and he's going to make them better like just knowing him playing against him knowing guys who were close and played with him he's just like he's that dude in the clubhouse yeah I mean, he's like 50 years old. (laughs) He's been around forever. You name it, he's seen it. He's lived it. He's done it. He's played in the big games. He's lost the big games. He's won big games. Like, he's like the ultimate teammate from what I hear. And I, I, you know, my interactions with him off the field, he's great. I mean, I know he got got popped, you know, a few years ago for PEDs. Um, I think it obviously humbled him but he's always been a hard worker. He's always, I'm not justifying what he did. I, I just like the guy. I don't, I don't like that. He did that, but and I hate to say it and bring it up, but as part of his story, um, but I think him learning from that and coming away from that can maybe be a voice for Fernando Tatius Jr. Who's also dealing with that right now. So he's he's stepping in as more of a mentor type. He's going to get some, hit some homers and, and, be be a, a you know a, an impact player if, in in certain games for them. He's not going to be an everyday impact player, I, I don't think, unless someone you know the injuries happen. We get that, but I think he's more of like a clubhouse voice, in my opinion.
0: He's the general manager for the Dominican Republic international team, too. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr. All three of those guys are from the DR.
1: Dude, the Padres lineup is really good, really good. Yeah, if they're healthy,
0: and Nelson Cruz is not expected to have 600 ABs this year. He's going to be—he's no, gonna, he's probably
1: going to have 250.
0: He's going to platoon with Matt Carpenter, who's a lefty. So Nelson Cruz last year, his power numbers were down significantly. But if you look at his splits against left-handed pitching last year, Bingo. just 150 at bats. He had five homers, 27 ribbies, in a 728 OPS. It's not elite. It's not where he used to be, but a seven twenty eight OPS, five homers, and one hundred and fifty at bats. Maybe you like, double that, and, and you're fine. You know, you, you'd take that if for the Padres.
1: Yeah, totally. And like I said, he, he's more he's there to mentor. I think more than anything.
0: This is kind of a fun twist on it. I was looking. It, it's just a fancy way of saying, look, the Padres used to be bad. Oh, there it is. Voice crack. <laughs> it's
1: been nice to hit puberty twice.
0: Yeah. I didn't think i ever hit it once but in the previous decades so from 2011 to 2020 the padres had three total hitters make an all-star game There was Everett cabrera cabrera in 2013 jay up in 2015 will myers in 2016 as i mentioned already the first six hitters in their projected 2023 lineup were each all-stars at least once since 21 tatis soto machado bogarts Cronenworth, nelson cruz so it's a fancy way of saying the Padres used to suck; they no longer do.
1: Yeah, money talks, huh? I
0: have a fun stat for you before we move on to the rules. Four nationally players have a 300 batting average or higher since 2019. Can you name the last guy? I'll, I'll name.
1: Mm, okay, four guys have what again? Sorry.
0: Four national. I'm trying to think of how to uh, how to quiz you here. Four nationally players have a 300 batting average or higher since 2019. Can you name those four? Let's see how you do. There's one in the weeds that you will never guess in a million years, which is why. National
1: League.
0: National League players, 300 batting average or higher since 2019. One of
1: them. Go ahead.
0: MVP in 2020 for the Atlanta Braves.
1: Uh, Freeman, obviously, yeah. I'm thinking
0: Freeman.
1: It's like a cumulative, right? Not just
0: cumulative since twenty nineteen. One guy just signed for three hundred million dollars with the Philadelphia Phillies this offseason.
1: Okay. So trade turner. turner.
0: Um uh, another I'm, guy plays I'm I'm
1: stuck playing. on the guy that like I won't guess. Like that's who yeah. I'm thinking. Like that's okay.
0: Okay. So here I'll I'll give you the, the last kind of uh obvious one. Maybe not so obvious, is his nickname is Squirrel with the New York Mets. McNeil? McNeil. So, your top, the, the the three obvious ones Freddie Freeman, Jeff McNeil, Trey Turner.
1: Okay. So, give me, are you thing. able to give me a hint on this guy?
0: Is he's there any? Probably, he's probably never made over league minimum. He played uh, for the Cincinnati Reds last season. Why, dude? Nope. Okay. I think he might have been, I think he actually is Dominican. He used to play for the New York Yankees. I'm thinking. Outfielder? He's never made an all-star team, but he did win a silver slugger in 2020. He's an infielder. He only played 80 games last year for the Reds.
1: It's not Suarez.
0: No. Second baseman. He came up with the Marlins. Solano. Bingo. No shit. Solano. Four guys. Three That's like,
1: I I, could like see his face and I couldn't think. When you said second base, I was like, oh shit, I, I could not. And you said Marlins and I could like see his name on his jersey. I was like, all right, got it.
0: That's some elite company. Freddie Freeman, Jeff McNeil, Trey Turner, and Donovan Solano. The reason I bring that up is Solano is still a free agent for anybody looking to add uh, a bat. middle injury. Yeah, like the Sox. Yeah, let's get into that, man. Uh, I already teased... We're going to talk about the rules, new rules going into 2023. But one last thing before we get into that. what What's the deal with the Trevor story situation? Did he wait too long? Did he try rehabbing it? What What's the deal? Because my personal me,
1: opinion on it, I think, well, he, his medical records show that he's had elbow issues since 2021 with Colorado. So Boston knew about it. Um, but as a second baseman, I think it's manageable. You take care of it. You rehab it. you Just everyday maintenance that he would take care of and get treatment, stem, ice, whatever they would use, massage, whatever, just to get it ready. And you get away with it at second base. Now you look at them, eighth percentile in arm strength. So there were 26... Second baseman that made three hundred or more throws last year. He was one of them, and he ranked twenty second in arm strength. He averaged seventy six miles an hour on his throws. Now, at second base, you a lot of second basemen don't come up high on like the percentile list for arm strength because there's so many throws they just flip it over there, and that count that kind of docks like works against them. Yeah,
0: I uh, wish I could see like only <laughs> double play throws.
1: Right. That would he didn't look that. right. He didn't look right. His arm slot always looked weird to me. Like he short-armed it like a catcher a lot instead of like really getting around it and throwing it. It was a quick arm, but like, I feel like it made him inaccurate the way he threw, but I think that was to save his elbow. Now um, the story is that the story, the story is that he felt something taking ground balls and playing catch in December Uh, and it was worse. It was something different. That's the story. I don't know. Um, what I think happened is yes, he did start playing catch. Like a lot of guys start playing catch in December and start feeling things. I think it's the same thing, but I also think, all right, we didn't sign Bogarts. He's not going to have the arm strength. He's going to have to get this fixed. Now he didn't get Tommy John. He got an internal brace, which is probably everyone online saying four to six months. I think it's more five to eight months just from some people I talked to. So he could be back in July. He he very well could be. It all depends on how he bounces back and the severity of the injury. Um, but doctors I've talked to said they've seen guys take up to eight months, which is – that's like when a guy goes 16 months with Tommy John. This is supposed to cut it in half. Now, he's not a pitcher. He's going to be an infielder. But you think about moving from second base to short. You have all these different arm angles you have going in the hole, and you really got to let it eat. And and guys got to cover more ground now. We don't have shifts. So we're going to see infielders making longer throws now. Um, and That's something to, to play into it. So um, uh, they're in trouble. I think they have to make some moves. Uh, I think Mickey Rojas was on their radar, so that's one less guy. Uh, Jose Iglesias, who's played in Boston twice
0: before. That seems like uh, a perfect fit to me.
1: It does. He's played there before. He knows he can deal with Boston, the pressure there, the media. Um, He's a very good glove, very good infielder. He hit 292 last year. He was in Colorado, but he hit 292 last year, which that is actually hit really the
0: ball well for contact the past three, four years, really.
1: Right. So uh, Josh Harrison's out there. Jerks and Profar, which Profar's been more of an outfielder. Supposedly, he kind of got the yips a couple years ago in the infield, and that's why he's been in the outfield ever since. I played with him in uh, AAA Round Rock in 2017. He was a young prospect with the Rangers. Uh, he was just an infielder then, and he was he was a good infielder. So I don't know what happened along those lines. But um, there's some names out there. Solano, another name, you know, floating around. I didn't even know he was a free agent, which yeah, is yeah,
0: more of a second baseman for sure. But you could always. K- Kiki yeah, Kiki so
1: the Sox have run. Christian Arroyo, who uh, they like, yeah. and I, I, he, he played some good ball last year, uh, when he got his chance. As of now, he's playing second, and Kike Hernandez is playing shortstop, which Kike is actually pretty good at shortstop. Yeah, but I, but they have a hole in center field then because Kike is a good center fielder too, and that's it's going to have to be Jaron Duran, the young kid, or they make a move for somebody. I, they have a lot to do in Boston right now, a lot.
0: The rotation is very injury prone too. So you're looking. Bro, line they up.
1: are they are hanging a lot on two guys in James Paxton and and uh, Chris Sale who barely pitched in the last two years. Yeah. All right. And then you have Nick Pavetta who he can have some really good starts. He's hot and cold. He's either really really good or really bad. And then you have Garrett Whitlock who they're moving from the bullpen to a starter. Corey Kluber, I think that think was a good pickup though.
0: Yeah. He he but was he's really another good. Another guy that is year. that has injury history as well.
1: He does, but he was really good last year, and he dealt against the Astros and the the Yankees uh, multiple times. So I don't know. I, I like that move. He's he he uh, lives in Massachusetts, so he's I he guess sleeping in his own bed at, at night. I think that's kind of cool. Um good addition. Good clubhouse guy.
0: Do any know. of these guys intrigue you at all? These are the remaining shortstop for agents, according to MLB.com. Elvis Andrews.
1: Yes and no. The only thing is if, let's say, Trevor comes back in July, Mike, he's ready. I don't think Elvis is going to be a guy who can move well to second base.
0: He would fall back into more of a bench reserve role. Yeah,
1: but Iglesias could move over and play second.
0: Good. Jose Iglesias is next on the list. I have a staff for Iglesias. There you go they'll be shortstops with a 280 batting average and a 40-plus defensive rating since 2017. Carlos, Correa, and Jose
1: Iglesias. Jose Iglesias.
0: Good clubhouse guy, too.
1: Iggy? Yeah, he's cool. He's fun. We played together a lot.
0: Jose Iglesias. Or I'm sorry, not Jose Iglesias. I'll see this Escobar. Mm. He's now 36 years old, which is shocking to me.
1: That's crazy to think about, yeah.
0: What about Andrelton Simmons?
1: Hmm. I'm kind of out on him.
0: Yeah, great defensively, but obviously he, just, he swings but
1: a wet New York Times lately. So
0: he was injured most of the last season with Chicago, and yeah. D.D. Gregorius, another guy on the list.
1: Really yeah,
0: really strong. I don't know if D's really well, couldn't stay. Well, the
1: Sox don't need more left-handed bats. I feel like they need to. They need right-handed bats.
0: But where's your panic meter with Boston? Season hasn't <laughs> even started yet, but here we are.
1: Um. I'm aware that there's still time to make moves, but panic meters—the needle's moving. I, I'll go six.
0: I feel like your panic meter is higher because your confidence meter is so low in the front office. At least based Mm. on their recent history, well, not really. I don't. I
1: don't. I don't think Heim Bloom has made the best decisions. Uh, but I also think he's he hasn't caught very many breaks. Like, the Chris Sale situation, like, derailed the pitching staff last year. Uh, line, second start back, line drive breaks his finger. Then he has an accident, crashed his bike, breaks his arm. Kike mm-hmm. Hernandez missed multiple months. Uh, Trevor Story missed a ton of time last year. Like, Bogey missed time. Devers missed time. He just... He hadn't caught any breaks. Now, now I, a lot of things are beyond him as far as the checkbook and who's going to pay what for what players, but I, I, I stand by, you got to bring back Xander Bogarts. I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the grave, whatever it takes, re-sign Xander Bogarts. That should have gotten done last spring or during the season last year, but we don't have to, we don't have to dig that back up. It's, it's gone, but, um, Oh, he's not gone. I don't. I on, don't not. Time. I don't not have faith in this front office. Um, I just wish they would operate a little differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wish they would operate a, like they used to, as far as being a big market team, uh, and kind of big boy in people, and they just don't do that anymore. Um, Heim is very smart. He's all about algorithms. He's about equations and. That's what won over John Henry. John Henry was a mathematician, like (laughs) that's, and it makes sense. And he does a lot of stuff that works. He makes a lot of moves that do work, but we don't talk about that. We talk about the negative ones that stink, and the guys he didn't resign, and trades, and this and that, and no Mookie bets, and there's all these big ones that stand out. But there's he does a lot of stuff right too. It's a tough market to not bully other teams as far as as financially. Yeah, they, should, they should
0: should be, should be noted Forbes came out and announced that Major League Baseball set a new record for league revenue during the 2022 season so just feeds into our points that if you're well,
1: ticket prices also go up every year too so
0: uh, you take into account inflation all that yeah but there's money in baseball so all those owners that are saying can't spend well they're making money yeah. somehow
1: and they're all profitable even the ones that don't win or don't even the ones that spend a ton of money on players are still profitable.
0: There's like one excuse, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so forgive me if I kind of butcher some of this, but there's like two years in the last however many decades where uh, a major league baseball club actually didn't make as much as they spent. And I want to say it was the 2016 Kansas City Royals. They actually They were like the only team in baseball – over the last 20 years, that did not make as much money. Which is crazy
1: because they were in the World Series. and They won the World Series in f- 4, 4, 15?
0: 15, yeah. So Jeez. they spent a little bit more. They were in it in
1: 14 and then won it in 15.
0: Correct. But yeah. the Kansas City Royals are basically the only team that could make the excuse that they can't, physically cannot afford.
1: Right. Which is crazy. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Moving on. 2023 rules. Oh boy. Let's talk about it, Brooksy. Um, we talked about the, the robot umps at, at the jump. Did you have more to add to Buster oh, only reporting that robo umps will be implemented in 2023 in the minor leagues? Do you have more to add to that?
1: No, I'm just looking. I'm just looking to see how they adapt during the season, like what changes they make to the database and the system, and how do they, can they, troubleshoot during the season and like make changes week to week to make it better. That's what I'm watching for because it's not, it's going to be imperfect. It's not perfect. Probably never will
0: be. Isn't that what but it's intended to be though is perfect. It,
1: it is. And I, I think it's, they might be jumping the gun a little bit on it, but we'll see. I got to see how they adapt in the season.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but the strike zone is still, letters to knees correct
1: letters is high you're never going
0: to get letters but k-zone supports that k-zone
1: does not ever have a box to someone's chest
0: bottom of the letters we'll say like sternum how about like number
1: if you have your numbers like okay you know it's like team name than your number like maybe who would
0: benefit the most is aaron judge that guy gets more low strike calls on him dude
1: He's one guy like you can call it high on because mm-hmm. he's seven foot tall. All right, what do you got?
0: Well, can I make one more point about the K zone, and <laughs> then we can move on? So, why are pitchers nowadays having so much success? Spin rate, balls up, fat, high velocity up in the zone, right now. If we're going to add K zone into the into the picture here, uh, you're only going to see that emphasized even more. Right, because if K zone's going to start calling strikes that are around the, I think you're going to see a lot
1: letter. more big curveballs too that catch the front of the plate, yes. like catch the front of the zone, like you, they like almost like the catcher might have to block them. But you you see it sometimes on TV too, like a guy will go down to block a curveball, a big curveball, twelve sixer, and it, it shows that zone. it caught the zone.
0: Yeah, yeah, and people are going to be pissed about it because it doesn't look like a strike, right? But my thing is, you're but, but hitters score. hitters
1: can combat that by just getting in the front of the box. If they know a guy likes to throw that pitch, you just get yeah. the front of the box.
0: But I just think you're going to see more high velocity up in the zone because if a lot of home plate umpires don't like to reward pitchers with high strikes, especially not high fastballs. Well, high most
1: hitters swing at it,
0: <laughs> right? Now, if they're going to get called, you're going to have more of it. Like, if you're going to reward pitchers for throwing fastballs up in the zone, it's already – that's where
1: I, and I'm going to have to say, like, you're going to have to adjust. If you're watching the game and you're saying, like, that's not a strike, but it's calling a strike, like, there's got to be a group of people who are in charge of this going, that's got to change. Like, game one, if you see it. Don't let it marinate for a month and like, ruin the back of guys' baseball cards. You know, and that's that's what I mean, like, adapt day to day. There's got to be a group. Malky's trying to get in. So you got a P. pee. What's you doing? I don't know. Anyways, they just have to adapt. I just want to see them adapt. That's it.
0: What are your thoughts on the pitch timer?
1: I think it's actually going to be good, man. I, I got it down some notes before this. I was thinking about it. I think we see average game time like 245, which is – so that's going to be 21 minutes faster than last year, and it would be the quickest since 1985. So I think I think we're going to see something in April. I think you're going to see pitchers and hitters like complain a lot about it. Number one, they're going to say like, I'm feeling rushed. And then number two, they're going to say, I I wait till guys get strike three because they weren't in the box or ball four because they didn't throw it in time. Guys mm-hmm. are going to bitch and complain about that. Um, but I think after the first month, it just kind of blends in and becomes normal because guys are going to, uh adjusts so i looked at the violations in AAA last year or in the minor leagues in the minor league so last year in the minor leagues there were 1.73 violations in the first week of games average almost two violations a game and in, 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 in the minor leagues the first week by week two it was down to 0.73 per game so they made a big adjustment like in the first week they're like all right this is how it's going to work like we got to make a change they did it goes down by almost om- by a full violation a game. And by week 21, it had stabilized at 0.45 violations per game. So basically one violation every two games. So either the umpires got a little more laid back and relaxed with it or the players, which I think, I think the players really locked it in and it became normal. So, um, you know, there's some guys that this will affect more than others. Like guys like Kenley Jansen, um, Craig Kimbrell, Adam Ottavino, Gosman, Devin Williams, Montas, like guys like this who are very slow. I'm curious to see how their game changes and that the Sox have Kinley Jansen. So I'm wondering like, how's that going to affect him? So it's not only guys that are slow pitch to pitch, it's going to affect guys like Max Scherzer who hasn't picked anyone off since 2016 because he has a bad pickoff move. So how he controls the run game is by long holds and pauses. You can't do that anymore. And you have a limited pickoff. So I'm curious to see if guys are going to be running all over him, knowing he doesn't have a good pickoff move, knowing he's on a timer. Uh so we're gonna see runners all over the place.
0: I think a lot of fans, their biggest complaint is that it's taking away from the different nuances of the game, right? For example, you mentioned the long holes. That's part of what makes baseball. It
1: fun. is, but fans don't give a shit about that.
0: And that's kind of my fans. Point. Who's the players? Be the players and chance? people who really like really are deep
1: into the game know that stuff. Like I'm in the booth talking about that stuff.
0: But congratulations, by the way.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: People that don't know Brooks is going to be on the Red Sox broadcast for what is it? I don't have
1: the exact game. amount of games yet.
0: Anyways, he's right. going to be on pre and post game, with Destin again, and he's going to be on the broadcast for a bunch okay. of Red Sox games, including out here in San Francisco, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Yeah. You can buy me lunch.
0: Oh, I don't think so.
1: But kind of to talk about what you're talking about as far as like, I, I think stolen base attempts will be like at the highest level we've seen it in like 10 plus years.
0: Like which would you rather have? Long holds, stolen bases. Come on, people. Let's be real. The, you know the old traditionalists. Oh, I love the new. I love nuances of the game too. But the old heads. Oh, I love the uh, the long holds. I, I love the strategy. So, in, with these in-
1: changes in throughout the minor leagues over the last couple years, uh stolen base attempts have gone up twenty seven percent. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Something to think at. I think I think something else that comes from this is I think we see guys like – I think we see Trey Turner still 50 bases. And maybe that John Birdie guy mm-hmm. from, from the Marlins. I think it's been six or seven years since someone stole 50 bags. He was like Billy Hamilton probably. But I also think – so I'm just spewing random thoughts here. But um, I, think, I think we see more 30-30 guys. I, we, there were zero 30, 30 players last season. I think we see at least five of them this year, at do least.
0: Home, do you think home runs go down with the shift now? no, I still think, I play. still think,
1: I still think bashers are still bashers. I think it's going to help the like middle of
0: the road players more. But um, instead of with two strikes, instead of going for it all, couldn't you see somebody? I, like- I hope
1: so. I, I hope so. I don't know if, I don't know if home runs are going to like come down big time because I think guys still f- know how to get paid. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I do think like going back to my point, like there's going to be a lot of 30. I think we see like at least think about guys who are capable of 30 30. So Acuna, Yo, j, j. Rod, j Rod, Trey Turner has really like Trey Turner has a real ability to go 30 30. Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. Uh, Tatis Jr. Kyle Tucker.
0: Cedric Mullins. I don't think Cedric Mullins does it again. He could. I'm just saying he has the potential. Adolis
1: Garcia. Yeah. Like, these are guys who all fly and have pop. Like, I I think... And most of the time, they can hit the homers, but it's like the bags just don't happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I do think batting average will rise... You brought up the shift, so we can kind of we can shift to the shift here. That's I think guys cool. like Corey Seeger, Matt Olson, Juan Soto. I think they will be three of the guys who Anthony Rizzo, who are most positively affected by the banning of the shift. I think Corey Seager has a monster year. Um, I think batting average. So batting average was two forty-three last year. Mm-hmm. That's the worst since the mound was lowered in 1969. All right awful pitching very good shifting analytical alignment all that works against you hitters approach at the plate was dog shit you know it's just how the game has I think we see batting average go from 243 to let's say 255 which would be the best since 2017 which is good this is good for the pace of the play it's pace of play also with runners on the move I think that's great um
0: I have shift percentage in front of me from this past season. Uh, most percentage of plate appearances that they were shifted against. Carlos Santana led Major League Baseball. He was shifted in 98.1% of his at-bats. After that, you have guys like Cal Raleigh, who was shifted in 96% of his at-bats. Jose Ramirez is your, your first uh, you know, face-of-the-franchise type player that was shifted at an abnormally high rate he was shifted at 93.9%. Of I didn't even think passes. about him. Yeah. He also had a weighted on base average in those shifts of three eighty. So that's another guy that could really take advantage. We'll see. So you have stolen bases going up. You think the pitch timer is a good thing for baseball? Yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? Something else. Um, I'm just thinking about the, the base runners. I think every, this this was a trend that had kind of gone away. I think every postseason team will carry like an elite runner again. Mm. you um, just because of stolen base of being such a big part of the game. Yeah. Last year in the postseason, I, stolen bases. I remember reading this, I'm trying to remember the correct number. Last year in the postseason, <laughs> stolen bases per game dropped like 17% from what it was in the regular season, just because it was such a big risk. And you live and die by the home run. And if you get a guy thrown out, then it's just a solo homer instead of a two-run homer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And pitching was pitching was so good, you're like, oh, I don't want to run into an out. You know, we got one guy on with no outs. Like, I don't want to run into an out here. So, the, like, the risk factor was much bigger. So, it dropped almost 20% just from the regular season in the postseason. So, I think we see, obviously, this stolen base going to be important again. So, each team is going to – the trade deadline or, like, August, whenever the deadline is, whenever they can bring – sign a player, you're going to see, like, the Quentin Berries and, and guys like that, the Burners, like, go on go to teams who aren't going to impact the game at all. They're probably not even going to get in the bat unless they're in there to bunt. Maybe a defensive replacement, but they're going to go in, run the bases for half an inning, and then they're out of the game. Mm. I think that, that plays again.
0: You brought this up on the last episode, tempo, in between pitches, and with the pitch clock, the pitch clock's going to be 20 seconds, right? Or 18 seconds.
1: 15 and 20.
0: 15 and 20. So 20 seconds with a guy on base, 15. Correct.
1: Yeah. It was 14 and 19 in the minor leagues last year.
0: Okay. So when the bases are empty, minimum 1,000 pitches, this was last season. The guy who had the slowest tempo, the most time in between pitches. Oh, let me think. Is he a
1: starter or reliever?
0: starter. This is among starting pitchers. Minimum 1,000 pitches from.
1: Gosman. Last year?
0: He is elite. Absolutely elite. The slowest tempo. Minimum 1,000.
1: Like the elite of the elite? Yes. Like
0: DeGrom? He's a unicorn.
1: Oh, Shohei
0: show out 21.7 seconds in between pitches
1: are you shitting me
0: he that's the highest in major league baseball so if you're telling oh. me that the pitch timer is now going to be 15, 15. seconds that's as that's nearly a 7 second difference
1: yeah and you I think he's probably tired from running the bases the inning before
0: <laughs> yeah by the way when runners are on base his tempo increases from 21.7 seconds to 26.9 seconds when runners are on base. Jesus. So now that's another seven seconds of its So if we're looking at guys that are going to be seriously impacted by this pitch clock, show your
1: Who do you think leads baseball in the ERA next
0: year? She's going to put me on the spot like that.
1: Well, it's always like it's been the Dodgers for a while.
0: Are I, you a I team, have some good team. The Dodgers, sh- in years past, the Dodgers have shifted more than any team in baseball.
1: Okay, so so I'm. This is what's bringing in the slot. I have found these notes earlier. So I, what I wrote down was without shifts, the Dodgers will not lead the league in ERA for a fifth straight season. I think Houston will, just because of their arms. But uh, the Dodgers GM Andrew Friedman is like known as like the Wizard of Shifts, um, and I think he's going to lose some of his edge on. Other ball clubs. So from 08 to 2014, when he was with Tampa Bay, uh, he they led the league in lowest BABIP, 273. From 15 to 22, when he was in L.A. with the Dodgers, they led the league at 272 BABIP. Hmm. And that's because of the shifts. So without that, where are they going to be? Now, they had good pitching, but they also had guys hitting the ball right at people because he had this like um, unbelievable equation of putting guys in the right place.
0: Can you please put BABIP Extraordinaire in your Twitter bio?
1: I love BABIP,
0: dude. Because you're basically a BABIP expert. Like that's, that's your thing.
1: BABIP and I love, you know what I, I, I learned to love last year when I was like talking about and analyzing players was expected batting average and expected ERA.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's really cool because it like takes in effect like luck.
0: I fell in love with fifth fielding independent pitching. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of cool stats. Yeah, that's for sure. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Like thinking the Dodgers, like they've led the league in the ERA five or four years in a row. Yeah. How much is that going to change when they can't shift When that's what they're known for? So yeah. interesting.
0: 2023, I'm guarantee you is gonna look a lot different. The game of baseball is it's just different. Like it, it's not gonna look like The last decade, Um, the strategies are going to be different. The tempo is going to be different. I think it's going to be for the better. I think
1: it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun game.
0: By the way, man, all these people complaining that baseball's changing. It's not the same. Look at the other sports, NHL, NBA, NFL. The NFL, they're implementing a new overtime rule this year to where uh, both teams are going to get the ball. They're guaranteed possession of the ball. So like other leagues are changing their rules just as quickly, probably faster and more frequently than Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is actually behind the times when it comes to updating rules and getting up with the times. So for those complaining that baseball is not what it used to be, trust me. Nothing is. Nothing
1: baseball was is. the last one to change.
0: It's going to look a lot different. I think it's going to be for the better.
1: By the just- way, the first half of this pod was so boring, and then we got into this the rule stuff, and I thought it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It was a play. snooze fest. You, you trying to time. pin that on me?
1: No, we just had to talk about the headlines, and there's just, like, right. nothing to talk about right now. That's fair. So there's probably only, like, four people still listening by now.
0: Your mom, my mom, your dad. Someone's cat. Okay. They fell asleep with it on. We're getting closer, folks. A month away from spring training, World Baseball Classic on the horizon. I'll be with you along the way. Wake and make Podcast. Peace out, people.